Can you take me higher? Can you take me back to the water cooler? Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. Caught you off guard there, huh? My bad. I was was ready. Stay ready, you know? Stay ready. That's what Josh Dobbs fucking said, dude. That's facts. Man, another beautiful Sunday. The Raiders fucking won. Eagles were on a bye. And it was really a fucking great day of NFL football. How you feeling? It was a great day. I, um, it was, you know, chaos in the morning. Love that when games are just coming down to the wire, witching hour delivered afternoon games, you know, nothing too crazy there, but just, just chaos. You know, I, we, I got love a, it. we got an absolute treat for Sunday night football. Just two of the best defenses oh. in the league going head to head Two up and coming quarterbacks, bright futures ahead of them battling yeah. it out on prime yeah. time. You had you had Farva going at it on the <laughs> on the Raiders sideline. Just it was good to see. Good to see. Yeah, that was great. Without further ado, can we talk about some money? We gave out yeah. some picks. Yeah. At the end of the last episode. And I gave out a crazy one. It was like plus twelve hundred. It was the Raiders to win. Check. The Steelers <laughs> to win. Check. The Cowboys to cover the spread, which was 17 points at the time. It got up to 17 and a half. I was texting you. I was a little worried about it. You said, don't worry. What they end up winning by 32? Yeah. It was something nasty. Yeah, 32 points. And then I had the Arizona Cardinals to pull off the upset with Kyler back against the Falcons. And they fucking did it. Plus 12.59. I put $20 on it. $271 winner. And the best part is I was a scared little bitch. I got scared. I didn't think the Cardinals could do it. I wasn't sure if the Cowboys could cover. So I put a second one in to be safe. Raiders to win. Steelers to win. Cowboys to cover 13 and a half. That one hit two. Tony to win 97. Hey, they say scared money don't make money, but... Your scared money did make some money there. It so did I make a little today. But if I wasn't so scared, I would have just put 40 on the big one. That's one true. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's okay. I want to thank you for that Cowboys one. I was scared about it. You talked me through it today. You talked me through it on the pod. I mean, it was it was never even a doubt. Like, they kind of started slow, but then yeah. they were 14 nothing. It was like, yeah, this Giants team is not going to score. <laughs> like, this yeah. Is- yeah, we'll get to it when we cover the game, but there was just like no, there was never a moment where it was like, oh, th- this game is going to be close at all. It was just, it was a shit pumping. Absolutely. All right, let's jump right into it. You ready? Ready, ready. Head into the motherland. The Indianapolis Colts against the New England Patriots in old Germany. The Colts pull off in a barn burner. It was. 10 to 6. <laughs> after being 7 to 3 after the first quarter, I was like, oh, this might be a decent game. Fuck no. They didn't score for two straight quarters. And then they both kicked field goals in the fourth quarter. It was ugly. The Colts pulled it off and they somehow are 5 and 5 on the year. The Patriots fall to 2 and 8. And we are watching this dynasty just absolutely crumble before our eyes. It's sad to see. They're going out very sad. Uh, Kraft and Belichick just look like they're going through it. I don't know what the, you know, I don't know if this was like 
reparations for like World War II or what is maybe that's why we sent these two teams over to Germany because it was awful football, just terrible. I don't even know. We told you not to set an alarm and wake up early, and I hope you didn't because it was a it was a worthless game. Um, if you got to see the end of it. Mac Jones got benched for the last drive, which is just crazy. And but he deserved every, he deserved it. He had multiple chances to get him in the end zone to win the game, and he threw a, he threw a pick on one. He missed a wide open guy on another. Just terrible, terrible quarterbacking. And what does Bailey Zappi do? He comes in and he uh, picks up a first down with a a run. They they run the ball up the middle. Clock's ticking. He does a fake spike. And throws an interception into triple coverage. Did you see what he said? No. After the game, they asked him about it? No, what did he say? He said, I can't say what I want to say about that. That's weird. Yeah, he said that in his press conference after. And I'm like, is that a shot at the refs? Or it sounds like it's a shot at Bill. Yeah. Was Bill O'Brien or a Belichick? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it was a it, shit throw. It was a terrible throw. There's no, I don't know what you like, what you possibly would have seen. I they should have never ran the ball. Also, I it was just, it was weird, really weird stuff. The way he said it, it felt like he was blaming a coach for the call. But it's like, well, you still didn't have to throw it like that. That was fucking terrible. Like, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. This game, honestly, I did wake up. I woke up at like six twenty-two, and I was like, all right, I'm up. Like, it just naturally, I didn't set an alarm. I'm going to put the game on, watch the whole fucking thing. I sat there and watched it all until, like, the last two drives. And I was like, it's a one-score game, and I just don't care who wins. I So I went to the grocery store, got my shit for the day so I can make some soup later. And the chat was blowing up because ba- Mac Jones got benched. Bailey Zappi threw a pick. It's like, you know, spot the difference between these two pictures. And there's, there's none. They're the same person. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do from here. Um, I don't know what Belichick's going to do. Um, it's just uh, they're they're going downhill so fast, and it's just, I mean, I don't know. They're two and eight. That's they're not going anywhere. They need to just tank for a pick and and hope for the best with one of the quarterbacks coming out. I guess. Yeah, that's tied for the second worst record in the league. So at least they got that going for them. And then on the Colts side. You know, you're five and five, which is fine. I mean, that's that's a half game back, I guess, of a playoff spot, realistically, but really realistically, I don't see how you could look at this team and think that like, yeah, we're a we're a playoff team, and even if we are, we're gonna do anything. So I think at this point they're just kind of seeing what they have and they're waiting for Anthony Richardson next year to really build that offense around him because they do have good pieces. They got Jonathan Taylor signed long term, Pittman, Josh Downs has been a good piece. And the defense is still good, so maybe that's a team to watch next year, a little 2024 uh, future, perhaps. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, enough of that. I think that's the end of the international games, yeah? I believe so, yeah. I, I kind of – I'm going to miss them. Yeah, it's nice waking up and just having something on right away. It's so nice. Yeah, none of them have really been good, but it, it's just like <laughs> – I don't give a shit. Like you're like a crackhead. Like you just give me something in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I there's there's green grass on my TV right now, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just ball around. Give me the ten o'clock. Speaking yeah. of ten o'clock, 
the first of the early games was a fucking banger, man. We had CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans going to Cincinnati against the surging Bengals had won five in a row, I think. And they beat them on the road 30 to 27. CJ Stroud taking it to Joe Burrow. And the Texans just keep on pulling off the impossible. It's fucking incredible to watch. It really is. Stroud is the man. That team, like we've talked about, they're super easy to root for. I really like what they're going what they have going on. Aside from their jerseys, they have the same exact jerseys they have from when they first became a franchise in 2002. They really need to switch that up because this team is just way too cool for those basic ass jerseys. Um, but aside from that, man, surprising game. They they were up late on the Bengals. They're up 10, and the Bengals get a field goal. Burrow missed some throws, like uncharacteristic throws. He made some excellent throws today too, but he missed a couple late, and he threw a pick late down at the goal line. Just weird, weird game for him. But Stroud himself, Stroud actually threw an interception too, and a really un- uncharacteristic one for what he's done up to this point in his career. Just looked like he completely didn't see the defender threw it directly to him. Gave the Bengals a chance to tie the game up at twenty-seven, which they did. But then Texans go back down. They get the field goal. Their their backup kicker, their new their new kicker, they brought in for injured uh, Kaimi hit the game winner and yeah, big surprise of a game. And they're sitting at five and four with a legitimate shot at the playoffs. Yeah. Right now they would have that, the seven seed in the AFC playoffs, which is fucking awesome. And Jags looked like shit today. They got blown out, which we'll get to that could get interesting down the road. Yeah, But like you said, he threw that one bad pick. Other than that, I mean, he was fucking awesome again, man. I don't know how this guy keeps doing it. Joe Burrow was phenomenal. Like you said, they started slow. I think it was 20 to seven at one point. I'm looking at the quarterly scoring and it was, I'm pretty sure it was 20 to seven Bengals were down and Burrow came back. Like he was making all the throws, man. He was, he was putting darts out there, but they scored too quickly, I guess, to end the game and and gave the Texans that one last chance. And what we've seen over the last two weeks, if you give Stroud a chance, he's going to take advantage of it. Exactly. And they converted a big third down on that drive. That would have gave the Bengals the ball back with a chance for them to go get the field goal, and so yeah, he just he clutched up. He's he's a, he's a stud. Absolutely. Moving on, we got the New Orleans Saints going to Minnesota, where the Vikings won twenty-seven to nineteen. And just like last week, we had the Texans game and the Vikings game in that early window coming down to the wire. They did it again, and they both pulled out fucking victories again. Josh Dobbs just won't go away man this guy is relentless a huge dub for the vikings to move them to six and four and they're looking like a legitimate playoff contender in the nfc they really are they and they're they'll be getting jefferson back soon i mean you might have to start asking though are they better without him is it time for them to move on i don't know but uh cut him yeah dobbs is dobbs is just incredible it's one of the coolest stories that's uh happened in the nfl in, in in a few years i'd say it's it's just ridiculous what he's doing he's like shifty out there he's making great plays with his feet he's second in the league in rushing yards for quarterbacks behind only lamar it's just it's crazy what he's doing and they went up big they were up 20 
I think it was 24, it was 24 to three at half. And I think they got it to 27 to three. And then Derek Carr gets injured. Was it a concussion? Did you see? No, he got a, it was like a high low kind of hit. So he got hit uh, on the lower part of his legs from one side guy hit him up high from the other side and kind of folded him something with his knee probably didn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. But Jameis came in and had them in the game. They scored, you know, they're down by 24. So they scored the touchdown, go for two and get it. They're down 16. They do that again. They're down eight. And they actually got the ball twice while they were down eight with chances. But Jameis just, um, or actually they did, they got it three times because twice he just throws, he just flings that thing down the field. He was throwing it like they were still down 24. Exactly. And they and were only down eight. Once like, it tightened up, he wasn't taking anything underneath. Uh, it was just, yeah. he. But I'm of the belief that he needs to be the guy going forward for this team because that offense actually looked dynamic. Um, and he was at least getting the guys the ball. So what? He throws it to the wrong team a couple times. At least he's fucking pushing it down the field and getting it to your superstars. What did he have that that one year with the Bucks? It was it thirty. It was a 30-30 season. Yeah, the, the thirty for thirty. You don't want to watch. It was thirty touchdowns oh. and thirty picks. Pretty sure the only quarterback that's ever done that in the NFL, oh, without a doubt. It's I don't know. I I feel like in my heart I disagree, and I don't know if it's because I'm biased towards Derek Carr. Like I love the guy, but you can't give up twenty four points in the first half to the Vikings. Like the no. Saints are supposed to be built on this defense. This is supposed to be like an elite defense. Yeah. So I don't care who the quarterback is. If you're giving up 24 to Josh Dobbs and the Vikings without Justin Jefferson, Cam Akers is out. Alexander Madison went out early with a concussion. Like TJ Hawkinson had 11 catches for 134 yards. Monster sat line. Jordan Addison's been very good, but that's pretty much it. Like after that, the average person can't name a single player on that Vikings offense. Yeah. So if you can't hold them to, you know, less than 24 and a half, Derek Carr is not the quarterback for you. And maybe Jameis is, you know, he could win a game for you if your defense is going to play like that, but he's also going to lose a lot of games for you because he's going to be playing from behind. And we're going to see exactly what we saw tonight or today where he just fucking chucks that thing down the field. And it's super fun to watch. And I totally understand, like, as a fan point of view, like, yeah, I want to see that way more than I want to watch Derek Carr check it down to Kamara 15 times a game. But I don't think that they're going to win shit it, with Jameis. No, no, I don't. I don't either. I'm not like if I were a Saints fan, I don't know what I would want. It'd probably be Carr because that's the like safety valve. And, and it's he's not going to necessarily lose you games like like Jameis could. But as just a a fan of watching chaos and oh. watching football, give me Jameis, please. Yeah, it's awesome. What what's his? It's like Jabui is his Twitter handle. <laughs> just, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's incredible. <laughs> the way he runs, even is just like yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. But back to the Vikings, really quick. I mean, Josh Dobbs, like you said, one of the coolest stories ever. This guy is freaking phenomenal, man. He every week he just shows up, does exactly what he has to do does just enough just freaking awesome what a what a stud yeah all right next up we got the green bay packers going to pittsburgh against the steelers who won 23 to 19 the steelers moved to six and three on the year the packers are the opposite at three and six 
And you pretty much called this one to a fucking T. I think the line was three, three and a half. It was kind of moving between those. And I was confused by that. I thought the Steelers should win this game by a touchdown easy. You said, no, nah, they don't do that. The Steelers don't win games by touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They want everything to be close. It's exactly what happened. Came down to the very end. They almost blew it, but they fucking pulled it out like they always do. Yeah, this was the stereotypical um, Steelers game, at least in the Kenny Pickett era. It's just keep it close, play some good defense. Um, the game started like kind of high scoring. It was 17-13 a half, which is very high scoring for both these teams. And then it really just slowed down after that and and kind of got to a pace of that was expected. But yeah, I don't I guess I guess it's more to do with the Packers just not having a very good defense, but man, that offensive line was opened up crazy running lanes for Najee and for Jalen Warren. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were literally like there there was like huge holes. They were just gashing them. And uh they took advantage of that early and kind of were able to just hold them off towards the end. Yeah, that was crazy. They were it was like literally just running through these wide open lanes and somehow the Packers just kept coming back. Like they just kept answering in the weirdest ways. Like they, they got a couple big plays. Jordan love almost threw for 300 yards. He didn't have a good day though. It, it just felt like one of those Steelers games where it's ugly as hell. And these weird things happen. And at the end of the day, it was a very, very close game and they pulled it out. Yeah. Um, Love did make some good throws today, though. Some throws that I hadn't really seen him make before, like the touchdown pass to Dobbs was a very yeah. good throw. Um, and he threw the pick late, but it was when they're chasing the game, needing a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's not, it's not, he's not necessarily uh, good by any uh, stretch of the word. See, the thing is, this is, how, this is the way I look at it. Like, he did make like that. It was corner of the end zone. Dobbs. He put it right where only Dobbs could get it. And Dobbs made a great play. Zach Wilson does the same thing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there's other quarterbacks that that will do that from time to time. And you're like, oh shit, is this guy actually good? Every quarterback in the NFL is an elite quarterback. Like they yeah. all have arm talent that is not like anything you know you've ever seen if you played high school football or college football, unless you played at a fucking like legitimate d1 school and even then most of those guys aren't going pro yeah so all these guys do have that in them and jordan love has shown flashes zach wilson's shown flashes like there's guys out there desmond ritter taylor heineke clayton tunes in the fucking nfl <laughs> you know what I mean? like there are guys that can do it but he just cannot he can never do it on a consistent basis yeah. and he can't take care of the ball and when you need him the most like they had opportunities in the fourth quarter more than once, like to go down and win the game. They had great opportunities and they just could not get it done. Granted, the Steelers defense is very good, but they're three and six. Like, and it's not, it's not for any reason other than like he's been pretty bad. Yeah. Exactly. He's cost them a couple wins. So yeah. I'm out on him. Yeah, I'm out on the Packers and as a as a whole. Moving on, we got the Tennessee Titans going to Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers moved to four and five with a 20 to six win. We were dead wrong on this one. I thought Rabel would have those guys ready to go. This was a pretty embarrassing game for them. 
Uh, Mike Evans, huge day, six for 143 and a touchdown. That was awesome. And that was pretty much the difference. Like he was making the huge plays when he had to, he did drop one in the end zone, but other than that, he was pretty phenomenal. Nobody else in this game really did anything that caught your eye. Yeah. Just, we just need to have a Mike Evans appreciation for uh, what he did today and what he continues to do. What a just baller of a career. He's easy going to be a, a hall of famer when he's all done. Um, but yeah, it, I, I fell for the trap of Vrabel being like an underdog against a team. That's not good. And I was like, Oh, he's going to have him ready. Levis has shown some flashes, but nah, this team sucks. They're, they're not good. They, and they kind of fucked themselves by showing a little bit of life right before the trade deadline and not moving on from Henry. And now they're just going to have him on their roster on a shitty team and he's going to be another year older when it comes to potentially a, a an opportunity to move him, and that just affects picks and, and everything going forward. Um, Levis, you know, I I'm not sold on him whatsoever. Um, the Bucks have not been a good team. They started what three and zero, and then they lost five in a row. Yeah, and. Their first two win, their first three wins were all against like not very good teams, and then they you know played some solid teams. They lost all those games, and then what happens when they played the Titans? They beat them pretty easily. That tells me, I think the Bucks are a good litmus test for um, like the bad teams versus the really bad teams. And if they're if the Bucks are beating you like this, then I think you're a really bad team probably. Yeah, I, I, that's a beautiful fucking hypotenuse you just put together <laughs> hypothesis <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not a fucking math guy or whatever it is i only have a bachelor's degree not like you with your masters but Hypothes. you're absolutely right the bucks beat bad teams and they do it fairly easy and baker's like oh i think drew even said in the chat today or, or one of these days he's like well is baker good and you're like no they're just playing a bad team just wait <laughs> like you'll see he's actually bad that's why he's on the tampa bay buccaneers now and the Titans, yeah. yeah, I was hoping to see a lot more from Will Levis today. I still think he's gonna be fine. Like he didn't, he didn't have a, like a fucking terrible day or anything. Throw four picks like Ryan Tannehill probably would have. Yeah. Uh, but this Titans team is just at the end of a run where they were pretty good, never good enough. Uh, did they go to a an AFC Championship game? They did. They did. And that's when Tannehill threw four picks, huh? Yeah, or some shit like that. Yeah. So. They've got a little bit of a reset right here. They got to figure out what they're going to do. I think it's probably has to be the end of the road for Derrick Henry with this team. I can't imagine they keep DeAndre Hopkins around too much longer. Um, But you get an opportunity to reset and at least you've established like Will Levis will be the guy at least next year. Like you have to see what he's got with a fresh year of full training camp as being the number one guy. And you try and build around that and maybe they can. And then the Bucks, whatever. Who gives a shit? You mentioned Mike Evans, nine straight seasons with a thousand yards. uh, And he's got like 750 this year. So he's got to do it again. 10 straight years. Just fucking amazing. Has anyone ever done that? Probably. I have no idea. I have no idea either, but I it's either way. It's an impressive ass stat. It's just, and the, the, to think he's done it, he had the, what two seasons with Brady and everything else has been with, mediocre guys yeah. at best. Jameis, I can't even name him. Jameis was one of them. I mean, yeah. 
he, yeah. it was famous during his 30 30 season <laughs> yeah yeah Crazy. so good on him cool ass dude mike if you're out there man come on the pot sometime we'd love to have yeah, you like, open invite always all right next up we got what we hoped would be a great game tell us a lot about both these teams and maybe it did the San Francisco 49ers went to Jacksonville and absolutely beat the shit out of the Jags. 34 to three Trevor Lawrence looked like a college quarterback. They had no answer for this 49ers defense. The defensive line was relentless across the board. They just got after it all day. Probably the biggest story from this game, Christian McCaffrey ended his 17 game streak of scoring a touchdown or a hundred yards or something like that. He had 16 for 95 great game but for him pretty mediocre yeah they were trying to get him in the end zone late they're up 34 to 3 it was to break a record for most consecutive games with a touchdown and i was just like man i get like i get it i do but they were like force feeding him the ball at the same time it's like man if he would have got he has a bad injury history if he would have got injured shanahan would have never heard the end of that have you ever seen friday night lights yeah Booby Miles is out there. Yeah. What's he doing out there in a blood? Season's over. Yep. Come on. That's your Booby Miles right there. Exactly. But on the good side of things for the Niners, man, they were very, very dominant coming off that bye. Um, and I think we did learn a lot about the Jaguars. I don't that that's they've now played um the Niners and the Chiefs were the two big tests, both of them at home. And they just looked like shit on offense. And mm-hmm. the the Niners, the way they're constructed now on defense with that defensive line, if you fall behind them, you're going to be in trouble. Um, they can really tee off on, on a quarterback once that happens. And that's exactly what started to happen. Jaguars hung around for a little bit. They, you know, they went down early and then the defense was able to kind of contain the Niners for a little bit and let the, let the um, Jags hang around. I think it was 10, three at one point, And then the Niners got a field goal right before half, but yeah, they, they came out second half and just dominated. And yeah, I think like we've talked about before, Jaguars going to have no problem in that division. AFC South is trash, but that being said, I think they're going to be in trouble once, um, once it comes to uh, playoffs. There's a team that's lurking. That's true. They're only a game back now. They're a game back. And yeah. I don't think they've played yet. I'd have to oh. double check. They might still have two games left against the Houston Texans, CJ Stroud. I mean, those, those that's going to be must-watch football right there. If the Texans can win both those games, they've got a legitimate chance to win the division. In his first year, that would be nuts. D'Amico Ryans would be probably a lock for coach of the year to turn oh, yeah. his team around that quickly. Uh, but back to the Jags, yeah, I thought this was going to be a defensive battle for a little bit. Like you said, it was looking close, and then all of a sudden, like every playmaker on the Niners did what they did. And that's kind of how the Niners have been the last, like, two years. Like, Kittle will have his games where he goes crazy. Same, same with Debo, same with Ayuk. McCaffrey always does his thing. But those other guys always kind of have a game here, and then they go quiet for a few games. They all had great games today, and when that's happening – Good fucking luck. Yeah. Yeah. And when then the you got that defense, awesome. like you said, when they get to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, especially with the way Trevor Lawrence has been playing, there was no match. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was definitely a dominant performance and, and real, real assertive by them on just kind of like reassuring everyone that, Hey, 
I know we lost three in a row, but we're still we're still pretty damn talented and and gonna be gonna be a problem um, for the rest of the league. Yeah, and and part of me wonders, it was it the bye week and they just got the game plan and they and they they are a good team, but or was it hey Trent Williams is back, Debo's finally like fully healthy, and they're at full health and this is this is actually what they are. Does Trent Williams being out for those three games, Debo being hurt, like do you think it matters that much? Or was it more of the Jags are bad, they're off a of bye week, and they played a good game? I I, I think it's um, definitely a little bit of both, more so with the injury front. I think Trent Williams, like we talked about, Trent Williams is literally their best player, which is saying something. Yeah. Um, and him being on that line makes such a big difference with their run game. Like their run game was like not good in the games he missed, and then – boom it's right back right back to how it was with him back in there um so i think it's partially that but it's also partially like you said lawrence is not playing well um the jaguars have not looked good in in games where they're like playing someone above like a tier above them competition wise and that's definitely concerning for them going forward because you know last year they were they already were in the playoffs they went to the second round they're competitive with the chiefs in the second round that looks like they're ceiling again. It doesn't look like they're they've done any. They're not showing anything that could make me think that they're going to go any further than that. All right, one last thing on this game. Speaking of concerning, are you scared? No, no, not at all. As an Eagles fan, no, not even a little bit. You think the Eagles win the NFC? I do. We'll check back not... in two months. Okay, thank you. I'm not scared one bit. I'm excited. Next up. We got our beer bet, and these are beginning to be my least favorite segment in the whole fucking show. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns go to Baltimore against the Ravens and pull off the upset as six and a half point dogs. They win 33 to 31. The dog pound got it done after being down 17 to 3 at one point. Yeah, it was uh it was a game that Felt like the whole time they didn't have any business being in. Watson threw a pick six, like first drive of the game. Um, but the Ravens did the thing that they do, and they just didn't put them away. They let them hang around. They did get the lead back up to 31-17 on a OBJ with a nice slant pass touchdown. He looked like um, kind of back in his Giants days. It was just literally just a slant, and he just ran away from everyone. It was kind of cool to see. Um better than his make-a-wish touchdown last week, for sure. But they just continue to let teams hang around and don't put them away, and the Browns did just enough. The, uh, Lamar threw a pick, maybe maybe two. Did he, throw, he, end, he might end up throwing two. Um, yeah, he threw but two. Yeah, they, they just couldn't put them away, and they turned the ball over, and it's not like the Browns' offense necessarily looked great, but they just got – they ended up getting a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really didn't look that good. Like Deshaun didn't do anything fucking amazing. He had a couple big plays, but uh, the defense played really well at the end of the game, the Browns defense. They did what they had to do. Um, This is the thing about the Ravens, man. It's like, this is why I was out on them for so long, and they kept embarrassing me, and then I finally fucking come around, and they embarrassed me again. I hate this shit. Fuck, why do you always beat me at these beer bets? But this is exactly the reason, like, they do everything right, and then the offense just turns into this 
basic ass like D two football offense, and they look like a college team, and it's just baffling. You have one of the most amazing quarterbacks, like one of the most athletic, athletically gifted guys in the world, behind center. He can do everything with the football, and you just can't score points like in in spurts. It just all of a sudden happens, and you forget how to play offense. I don't get it. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I don't get it either. It's um, they have, and their run game's so good. That's the thing yeah. too. Like, they have such a good run game. You should be able. To, you're built to put away teams, and they don't do it. I I I don't know what it is. It's hard to um really wrap your head around what exactly it is. Now, before we move on, just as a bit of record keeping, uh, it was six to two in the beer bets going into this. You were up with six. I had two. And this would have made it seven two, but I had to go check the replay. And did you do you remember this? Are you familiar with this? You texted me before the game and you said I'd like to cancel the beer bet. I so did. Is that legally standing? Is I I think I think you can leave it up uh, up to yourself. I, it was I meant it as a joke uh, more than anything. <laughs> so I get it now. I get the punchline now. It's funny. For, for our lovely listeners, the reason I texted uh, my lovely co-host that is because it was reported that the Browns were going to be missing all three of like their three top offensive tackles. And so I screenshot that and I said, I'd like to cancel the beer bet to which Mr. Kirby uh, just emphasized the message. He didn't say there's no um, no words exchanged. So I assumed it was clear that it was a joke. But I checked with my lawyer and that was a confirmation. Yeah, canceled. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. Fuck off. Moving on. We hey, got real the- quick, real quick. I pulled up the uh division winner odds and we could get the Texans at plus 275. Oh, I fucking love that. I love that. Bookie T, if you're listening, plus two seventy-five? Yeah. Thirty bucks. Put thirty bucks on that tomorrow morning. How about, how, about we, how about we each put 50 on it? Oh, shit. Okay. All right. I fucking like that. Let's do it. Nice, nice round 100, you know? Mm, that'll pay 275 Yep. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons heading to Arizona against the Cardinals who pull off the motherfucking upset for the parlay for the people. 25 to 23 moved to two and eight on the year. The Falcons fall to four and six and Arthur Smith is feeling that little booty getting hot <laughs> and not a good, yeah. that sounds like a good thing. It's not good. It's not, you don't want, you don't want your seat getting hot if you're an NFL coach, but if you listen to our last episode, Arthur Smith don't really give a fuck about that because he's cashing his dad's parlays right now. Although he got his dad to bet the over on Bijan this week because he got him the ball. It was nice to see. But you were all over this game. I, I didn't I still didn't believe in the Cardinals. I like Kyler. I you know, I hope he does well, but I just think the Cardinals suck. But they came out and they showed me that the Falcons suck worse. And um I should have known that by this point. I just should have known that. You know what the worst part was? Uh, they did finally use Bijan. He had a great day. Like he looked awesome. He had yeah. a couple plays where it was like, like for instance, there was one uh, from the five yard line. They gave him the, the ball run up the middle. It was completely stuffed. Tyler Algier would have ran right up the middle, got a yard, you know, fucking 
heads full steam ahead whatever the fuck what is that saying full steam ahead yeah i said it okay Bajan cuts it out to the outside beats everyone to the corner scores a touchdown he looked yeah. great and arthur yeah. smith is going to be like well we fucking lost the game. <laughs> I told you guys, <laughs> we can't win when this guy runs for a hundred yards. <laughs> like it's, it's so frustrating, but I'm so happy they lost. I think it might, I think we're almost to the end of the line. When the Cardinals were kicking that game winning field, shout out Matt Prater, shout out Kyler Murray, by the way, he had like a third and 15 or something. That run was scrambled. Crazy. Looked like he was in Madden. That's the kind of shit that he does. Like there's really not that many quarterbacks, even like a Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like he doesn't really scramble like that. Lamar is maybe the only other guy that does it. Mm-hmm. He got out of the pocket, and as soon as he saw open field, it was like, yeah, he's going to fucking pick that up. And it, it just yeah. – that's that's Kyler Murray, and we, we missed that for the last year. But they pull off the win. As Prater was kicking that field goal, Arthur Smith actually looked like like he shit his pants. Like you could the look <laughs> on his face was just like, I am so embarrassed right now. Like, I hope nobody's looking at me because I just shit my pants. You know what I mean? Like, he made his own seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just had that look like on his face was like, Ooh, this fucking sucks. And I don't know yeah. what to do. I, which I love that. I love that because I love that for the, the, the studs over in Atlanta. I just love the idea of them not having to deal with him as a coach anymore. So I, hopefully this uh, win trickles trickles down to that eventually. Yeah. And what a terrible win for the Cardinals. Yeah, seriously. Like, what do you do if you are like the, the ownership or the GM or even Gannon? Like, this is not good. You don't want to win unless they, they are planning to keep Kyler. Because if you end up with a second or third pick and the Bears have the first one, they're taking a quarterback. And if you're going to keep Kyler, you don't care. You don't want a quarterback. So you get the yeah. best player available. Uh, maybe Marvin Harrison or a great like defensive or offensive lineman. But if you want a quarterback and you're two and eight right now, what do you do? Do you bench him? Do you bench Kyler Murray? I don't know. You got to think about it. He looked good. I, if you know, if you already know what you want to do with your quarterback, if you already know that Kyler, you're planning to move on from uh, Kyler, then yeah, you probably should because what are you going to do? You're going to keep playing him and have him win you games and then trade him like later. That makes Isn't no sense. Isn't that kind of the point of having a good quarterback though is to win games? Exactly. So if he, if he does that, it, like that's what I'm saying. If you, if they have already decided, like if it's still up in the air, then they got to keep playing them. And if they win games they win games, but if they have already decided like, no, we're moving on from Kyler, you know, we need, we want to get a new quarterback then they probably they need to shut him down. Yeah. He does have a fat contract too. So yeah, it's tough to pay him when you're doing a rebuild and you're trying to build a, a solid like foundation. You see it all the time where a lot of teams go on big runs when they have a quarterback that's on a rookie contract because they don't have to pay them very much. Um, or, you know, like the Brady years where they, he gets a little bit of a team friendly discount. They don't have to pay him like the top guy. So with Kyler making what he is, it's going to be tough to rebuild unless he can get back to like, unless he's like fucking the man, like a top three quarterback in the NFL. So maybe that's what they'll do over the next two or three games and figure out if he's really that fucking guy. Uh, But we might find out next week that, you know, know, he can't win. He can't do everything. And then they probably feel like they have to move on. Yeah, exactly. 
Next up, we got what was probably the best game of the day. It was fucking back and forth all day. Awesome game. The Detroit Lions went to L.A. and beat the L.A. Chargers 41-38. to The Lions moved to 7-2. and Fantastic record in the NFC. As the Chargers fall to 4-5, and currently they'd be out of the playoff picture in the AFC. And I don't really see how they get back into it. They got a tough... Tough road ahead to climb back, and a lot of good teams in the in the middle of the pack of the AFC right there. Yeah, this game lived up to the hype for sure, and like you said, the Chargers are sitting in a spot where I don't possibly I don't see them making the playoffs. They 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 got a tough schedule coming up. The thing for me, and we've talked about it before, and Brandon Staley is not a good coach. He's supposedly a defensive coach. You cannot give up 41 points at home. I don't care what offense you're playing. If your offense is putting up 38, you need to win that game. And if you're a defensive coach and losing that game, then what are we doing? So I don't know. I think I think this year is like a minor setback, major comeback for Justin Herbert's career because – It'll get Brandon Staley fired, hopefully, for his sake. And then from there, they can uh, hopefully really turn the page and, and get heading in the right direction. Yeah, the guy can probably be a good defensive coordinator somewhere. Yeah. And maybe eventually be a head coach. You know, sometimes you see that where a guy gets a job too early, goes back to a coordinator, then figures it out the next time around. Bill Belichick, for example. Um, but right now. Huh? I said Josh McDaniels. Well, let's not be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That wound is still fresh, sir. <laughs> but for right now, I, he's not the guy. Like, they're four and five, and they're way too good to be four and five. And, like, the Raiders are ahead of them. <laughs> the Raiders are five and five. They're third in their division. They're sitting at, like, 10th in the AFC. You're wasting Justin Herbert. Some of the throws he made in this game, it's just like, holy shit. That guy can throw the ball as good as any human on planet Earth. Uh, but the Lions just better coached fucking greedier team just like went out and got shit done both their running backs montgomery and gibbs ran all over this defense goff did what he had to do he had a, he had a good game like not taking anything away from him but it was you know the running game big players making big plays when it mattered and then how about dan campbell it was like a minute 50 left i think they had a fourth and two and they could have kicked it to take the lead 41 to 38 and the chargers would have had about a minute and a half to go and try and tie it or take the lead. Fourth and two, he said, fuck it, we're going for it. Got the first down, milked the clock, and then kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired. Put his yeah. big old fucking man camel balls out there, got the job done. He did. And and like you said, just better coached and tougher team. It, earlier in the game, too, they had a fourth and five. They ran, they ran the ball directly up the middle out of shotgun on fourth and five and picked up the six yards. It's like, and the, the, Dan Campbell was fired up on the sideline because he knew, like, he's like, oh, yeah, we just fucking, we just asserted ourselves right That's here. That's a message, yeah. Message, yeah. I will say, and, though, you know, Staley's pretty aggressive, too, as a, a fourth downs and shit like that. The whole yeah. game, both between both teams, they were seven for eight on fourth downs. The only one that didn't get one was the Lions. Yeah, they got they got stopped on the, yeah they scored forty one points and and got stopped on the on the goal line at one on point. The one, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just a fucking awesome game. I mean, you got guy like Keenan Allen had eleven catches 
for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, the two running backs for the uh, fucking Lions, Gibbs and Montgomery, they were each over 100 yards and each scored. Uh, Goff had a great game. Justin Herbert threw for 323 yards and four touchdowns. And like I said, the balls that he throws, like, it's just beautiful. Like the spiral. To quote the great PFT commenter, I I could fuck that spiral. It it was just lovely to watch. You know, Eckler had a had a great game. He caught a bunch of balls, ran the ball well. Studs all over the field. Amon Ra had another mm-hmm. great game. So super fucking fun game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The Lions are um they're seven and two. They're they're only a game back of the Eagles for that NFC top seed. If we talked about it a little bit before, but they they're gonna have an opportunity to lock up home field. You want to hear their their upcoming schedule? Yeah. Tell me which one they lose. Bears, win. Packers, win. Saints, win. Bears, win. Broncos, win. Vikings. I mean, they're better than the Vikings, but Josh Dobbs, you never know. And then they play the Cowboys and the Vikings to end the season. So maybe two losses? Maybe. So they're maybe. going 13 and four? I think they're going to go 14 and three. Yeah. That's a crazy schedule, huh? Yeah. They, they're going to be the one seed. They're going to be the one seed. Nah, you're just doing that Eagles fan bullshit. The Eagles only have one loss. Yeah. Eagles have a much tougher schedule than that coming up. It's a reverse jinx. Don't fall for it. You guys next up, speaking of the NFC East, we got the New York football giants. Going to Dallas, the big D, where the Cowboys hung it on them 49 to 17. Fuck this game. Stupid ass game. It was 28 to nothing at halftime. I can't believe the Giants scored 17. Did did uh did Tommy Boy make it the whole game? I saw he got hurt on one play, but I think he came right back in. Do you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they uh that they um put up 17 as well. I'm laughing at his stat line. He did he did play the whole game. Um, he was 14 for 27 for 86 yards and two touchdowns and a pick. So yeah, Dak Prescott went crazy out there. Um, four touchdowns passing he had one rushing, just he's been playing great ball. Um, they're a good team. They're, they're a really good team. I, I was, this was my lock of the week. I knew I, I was convinced there wasn't enough points that you could give me for me to not bet on the Cowboys to cover. And early on, like the, the Cowboys got stopped um, at the goal line, their first drive. And then they got the ball back. And I think they had to punt after that. And it was just like, it started slow, but there was never aside from that, like little bit of a hiccup of the start. There was never any doubt that they were just going to run all over them once it, once it got going. Yeah, they were doing that, but the the Giants' first two drives were six total plays for zero yards. So it was like, hey, I think they're going to be okay. I think it's it's not a problem yeah. here. And it wasn't. Uh, C.D. Lamb had another monster day. He had like 11, I think, for 151. Um, how many receivers, and maybe you saw this already, have ever had 10 catches and 150 yards in three straight, three straight games? I'm a, I think it's one. It's one. It's CD Lamb. He's the yeah. only player to ever do it. Been on absolute tear. And you're not going to like this, but the Cowboys at six and three, they're going to win some games. They're going to finish 
with, you know, probably second in the division, but they're going to be the number one wild card and they're going to have a better record than a couple of division winners. Dak is coming up in that MVP race. I know. I know. He's been playing lights out. Yeah, he really has. He's been he's been playing super well. Yeah, if they if they keep rolling like this and he's putting up he's putting up ridiculous numbers right now, then he definitely he'll hundred percent be in that conversation. Do you remember when I went on my little fucking bitch fit soapbox and said, just how about you fucking throw the ball to CD Lamb? Yeah. And they started doing that. I think Jerry might be subscribed. I think he listens. And holy fucking shit, it's working out pretty well. Even that game they lost to the Eagles, like they looked like a very fucking good team. Yeah, they they've been throwing them the ball, and it it's crazy how that works. It's a you get the ball to your good players, and good things happen. Absolutely, you should be a coach sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got the Washington Commanders going to Seattle. The Seahawks pull it off twenty nine to twenty six at home. They moved to six and three. We knew this was going to be a fun one. There was a lot of points. Came down to the very end, twenty seven points scored just in the fourth quarter alone. But the Seahawks pulled it out at the end when it mattered most. Uh, came down to a game winning field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. They kicked the field goal as time expired. Um, Washington had tied it late on a um, touchdown and yeah, ultimately, you know, Seahawks always play weird games and they played another weird one and they pulled it out. Both these teams are interesting to say the least. I I don't, I don't really know um, how I feel about either of them. Commanders are hot and cold all the time and Seahawks are just doing that thing that they do where you're like this team's not very good but then you look at the record and they're six and three and you're like oh they're gonna make the playoffs but Gino missed Gino is kind of I don't know he turned it on in the fourth quarter a little bit there they got him down the field for the field goal um at the end but he he concerns me a little bit I think um they're gonna get kind of they're gonna be in a weird spot because they're gonna keep finishing around 10 and 7 and that's kind of going to be their ceiling. Yeah, he is the reason they won at the end, but for the first three quarters, it felt like he was the reason they weren't going to win. Like he, he yeah. They should have won this game by like a couple touchdowns, honestly. Yeah. It yeah. felt like they were pulling away, pulling away, and then some dumb shit would happen, and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to happen in the playoffs. I can guarantee it. And this is what's so frustrating about this team it's kind of been a trend in the NFL this year where teams look so good and then they look like absolute shit. It's like they don't lose close games. They just look like garbage. Yeah. And then they look good again. The Seahawks are the epitome of that. Geno Smith is at the core of that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to look like shit. And then they're going to go into next year saying like, well, we were a fucking playoff team. We won 11, 12 games. Yeah. What do we do? You have to get rid of this guy. You cannot bring it back next year. Love yeah. Geno. Don't want to write him off. Please don't yell at me. Yeah. He's just not a, like a top-tier quarterback in the NFL unless you have absolutely everything perfect around him. No chance. Yeah. And that that's the thing is everything's not perfect around him, but they got a lot of good pieces around Pretty him. Pretty fucking good. And so if you did have someone that was like that next tier up, you don't even – not even needing like a top, top guy, it feels like. Yeah. If you just had – someone that's a little more consistent than Gino, then this team is maybe pushing the Niners for the division, which I mean, technically they still are, they're tied, but you can't watch, 
you can't look at those two teams play today and tell me that the Seahawks are going to be there at the end with them. No, I can't wait till the next time they play. That should be a very interesting game. I'm sure the 49ers are going to be fucking pumped up. Yeah. All right, that covers the main slate of games. Did we cover the Jets Raiders already? No, sir. I just pumped up about my parlay. Would you like to have a moment? Oh. See, well, see, here's the thing about these fucking Raiders. <laughs> they do this every goddamn year. Thing. And they're going to finish like 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. Maybe make the playoffs, maybe not. But for tonight, I don't give a shit. Fuck New York. This is Cali, baby. I know they're not in Cali anymore. They're in Vegas, but I don't give a shit right now. The Raiders taking it to the Giants and Jets on back-to-back weeks. Thank you to the NFL schedule makers. Perfect timing for Antonio Pierce to come in, get the boys fired up. These two teams are pretty equal, I'd say. So Bill Barnwell, great tweet, said the Jets offense is making the Raiders defense look like the Jets defense. And the Raiders, <laughs> and they said the, the the Raiders offense, I don't know, vice versa, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it was like, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely happening right now. Both these defenses are looking really good. And the Raiders offense just did just enough. The only touchdown in the entire game was the Raiders, and that's all it took. You score one time, win yep. the game. As soon as they scored that touchdown, to put them up by four, uh, more than a field goal away, it felt like, yeah, that's insurmountable at this point. Like the Zach Wilson and this Jets team are not going to go down and score a touchdown. Yeah, the, it was like it was a field goal fest. I I was telling you, no free ads, but I made a little prize picks parlay, and one of them was combined field goals over three and a half between the two kickers, and that shit hit in the first like ten minutes of the game. It felt like it was just two teams that are just going to go settle for for field goals. That's just what they do because you that's been the Jets thing all year ever since Wilson's had to be the guy they can get the ball down there but he's going to do something to fuck it up mm-hmm. and if he doesn't fuck it up he's not going to get you in the end zone so you're going to have to kick the field goal it's it felt like the whole the game was just a build up to when is Wilson going to turn the ball over and then he finally did and then that was that was the game that was the game yeah, it definitely, you could tell like both head coaches or, or whoever's calling plays, both play callers were absolutely terrified that their quarterback would fuck it up. It was mm-hmm. like they were running the ball as much as they could. Josh Jacobs had fucking 27 carries. There were drives where like they would not let Aiden O'Connell throw it. And I completely understand why. Same with Zach Wilson when they were letting him throw, it was like five yard outs, screen passes, little shit like that. And as soon as they got in the red zone, everything tightened up. It was like, <laughs> Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Well, well, the field goal is fucking great here. Please just yeah. don't turn it over. And ultimately, the Raiders got the one touchdown that mattered the most. And they were lighting up cigars in the locker room after the game. And people are going to be hating. And I don't give a shit, man. Let's fucking go. I love this team. I'm so pumped up for this team right now. They're going to get blown out by the Dolphins next week. Who fucking cares? I hope they light up cigars after that one, too, because <laughs> Josh McDaniels is out. And the way I see it, you're winning every single week from here on out because we don't have to put up with that fucking douchebag for five more years. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. You're you guys are winners right now, no matter what. And hopefully, you know, Pierce got them playing well. And he I think he's just a good leader. I hope I hope they don't fuck this up like they did with Bisaccia. 
Just if 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 you go on a run, if you finish nine and eight, give him the job. Let him let him let him run it. Your team was not going anywhere like that without before he took over. So hopefully, hopefully he uh, gets an opportunity. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. With the caveat that you got to go try and get like a good offensive coordinator, pay him whatever oh. you want, like oh. pay him whatever they need to be paid. Get a good OC because. That's a great leader, great defensive mind, a leader of men, as they say, but probably doesn't know shit about calling plays in the NFL. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I don't either. You know, point. me and him have that on common. Yeah. All right. That covers it for the games today, man. Another great week. As we said, money was out there to be made. Points were being scored. We had a couple that came down to the fucking wire. Can't go wrong with that. Any wise words before we get into this uh, Monday night football game tomorrow? No, just uh, keep keep uh, keep note of your the lessons you learn along the way. Don't forget about things that the teams like the teams tell you. Trust trust your nuts. Trust your eyes. Trust what you see. If a team's telling you something, roll with that until they prove you wrong. Right. Hey, you said trust your nuts and trust your eyes. There's a reason God gave you two nuts and two eyes. They're connected. Yes. Yeah, that's factual, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I took a fucking anatomy class. <laughs> All right, moving into Monday night football tomorrow. Hopefully you got some fucking juicy, fancy football matchups riding on this, some parlays where you need the last leg to hit. We got the Denver Broncos Heading to Buffalo at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, where the weather is going to be 43 degrees Fahrenheit. The Bills are seven-point favorites at home with an over-under of 47 and a half. You're smashing it, aren't you? Oh, I fucking love the Bills minus the seven there. Love, love, love the Bills there. Um, I'm not sure why the line is that low. I get, I get that the Bills have not been playing super well, but I don't think the Broncos have any juice in this. The Bills are going to be fired up for Monday Night Football. It's it's a uh, Bills Mafia. They're going to be jumping through tables and shit. It's this game's going to. I feel like the Bills win this by by two scores. I agree 100. percent And I don't understand the line either. I think the Bills haven't been playing very well because they haven't got to play the Broncos this year. They're going to beat the shit out of them. The Broncos are a terrible team. Yeah. They're poorly coached. Russ is having an okay year, but other than that, like they got problems in the locker room with the receivers, and they got guys that are unhappy. I, I don't know. Bills by 10, 14 at least, like 10 at least. Yeah. I think they win this one easy. This is a must-win game on Monday night football at home in November. The temp starts dropping. It's cold. Josh Allen knows that he has to go out and put on a show and win this game. He's gonna do it. I agree. I agree. I think Allen's going to put the team on his back and just handle business. He that's he he plays Superman, and this is a good spot for him to play Superman tomorrow night. Yeah, I didn't put anything together, but I'm telling you right now, uh, Bills to cover the seven, Josh Allen like over on whatever his rushing yards are, and Stephon Diggs probably over on the catches. It's probably like six and a half. He's going to have like eight catches tomorrow. Josh Allen's going to run for like. 50 yards they're gonna win by 10 and make a little money right there it'll be something nice i like that one thing i would potentially worry about on the on the catches is um 
the Broncos actually do have one really good corner. Sertan is a stud. I could see sure. this being a game where um, the Bills are aware that, you know, Diggs might not get get his. He'll still get get some action, obviously. But I could see it not being like a, a crazy Diggs game because Sertan's like that good. Yeah, and that, that actually is part of the reason, plus it being a little cold, is where I would go receptions over like yards because mm-hmm. it's going to be like, Hey, how can we get the ball into Stefan Diggs's hands without giving Pat Sertain like an opportunity to make an impact on it. And yeah. that's with little outs, little slant routes, little screen passes. And I think they're going to try and do that early. You see this a ton of times in the NFL when a team is in a must win game, like, or a guy has been maybe a little unhappy, hasn't been producing the way he wants to, although he's having a monster year right now, but you know you have to go win this game. You're going to want to get the ball into your playmaker's hands early. Like, first play of the game, a little bubble screen of Stephon Diggs would not surprise me one bit just to see yeah. what he can do with it. And they might do that multiple times in the first half. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure. Um, I did. I just made a little one here that I think you're going to love. I do. I, I love, love it already. So give me the Bills minus seven like you talked about. Josh Allen over the rushing yards, like you talked about, it's only 33 and a half. That's yeah, he's getting that. He might get that on one carry. Yeah. And then give me a Dalton Kincaid anytime touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he's a, a monster. Plus, that's a plus 575 right there. Just such a nice ones. number, too. Mm-hmm. 575. Doesn't that sound like a like a beautiful song from Maroon 5 or something? Yeah. Sing sing it for me. Five seven five, give me Dalton Kincaid for five seven five. That's a terrible song, but to your point, Dalton Kincaid, ever since Dawson Knox went on the IR, has been a beast. Man, he's a first first round draft pick this year. He's a rookie, and sometimes it takes those guys a little while to ramp up. Dawson Knox goes out, he gets an opportunity, and he's been crushing it the last two weeks. Uh, I think that's a smash, especially like you said, if Pat Sertain is shutting down Diggs. You're going to have to find something across the middle, something in that little short intermediate route. Yeah. Kincaid, tied in. Love it. That's free money right there. Take it to the bank. All right. That does it for the NFL this week. We're not going to cover Thursday night football yet. We'll be back tomorrow for that one. Yep. Before we go, there's been some great college football going on. It's coming down to two more weeks until they announce the college football playoffs. There's like eight teams right now that realistically could make it. So if you're a fan of football, especially if you're a fan of college football, that's what you want to be looking at. Like, how is the committee going to decide the four teams that make the playoff? This is the last year with it only being four teams. Next year, it moves to 12. So we're potentially looking at a a situation where you have an undefeated ACC championship champion in Florida State, an undefeated SEC champion in Georgia, a one-loss runner-up in Alabama, an undefeated Big Ten champ in Michigan, probably, or Ohio State, with the runner-up having one loss, a one-loss Pac-12 champ, and a one-loss Big 12 champ. That's like eight teams that could realistically be in the playoffs, so they're going to be some tough choices to make there. That would be really fun to watch. Some of those teams are playing each other in the last week of the year. Most notably, probably the undefeated Ohio State versus the undefeated Michigan, who is without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, 
was suspended three games for fucking watching football. <laughs> Come get me. I fucking watch football too. Arrest me. God, take my hands, put me in handcuffs, then throw me in jail, throw away the key. I fucking watch football every weekend. I didn't know it was illegal till now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is if that, you didn't know, awesome. if you didn't that's know, awesome. they've been scouting games a little bit. Michigan has had a a player, an assistant coach, and he's been allegedly going to other teams' football games in person, watching it and recording their signs on their sideline, which is against the rules, technically. <laughs> You're not supposed to go and scout in person. That is against the rules. And definitely shouldn't take video of it. <laughs> That's probably a big no-no. So he got caught, Connor Stallions, and they're cracking down on Michigan. Jim, Har got, Jim Harbaugh got suspended for the final three regular season games. He can't be on the sideline during the games, but he can coach practices and do everything else. Kind of a ridiculous suspension. He was on the plane to their game at Penn State when the suspension came down the night before their game. And one of the craziest stories I've ever seen, Michigan's coming back saying, hey, we've got proof that every team in the Big Ten is doing this. We've got guys writing us saying that they worked for Ohio State and did this. That was their only job. Now we've got, after the suspension comes down, Michigan is filing a temporary restraining order against the Big Ten Conference as a whole, which is going <laughs> to, they were trying to get it done before the game Saturday morning so Harbaugh could coach. It didn't get to a judge in time, so now it's there's going to be an injunction. We're talking legal talk here. We got an injunction coming Friday to see if the suspension can hold up in court or if the court's going to step in and say that it's not legal. We got universities going after conferences that are going after head coaches. It's fucking crazy out here. It's chaos. College football is chaos. And Harbaugh's never gotten in trouble for anything else, right? He what? He missed the first three games for personal reasons this year. So he's been <laughs> he's been suspended for like fifty percent of the year. <laughs> but good news is that I read something that the judge that's uh, hearing hearing the uh, restraining order case was a University of Michigan alum. So played on I'm the sure football that, team too. Uh, I'm sure that'll go over super well for him. No, but really, it is it is a fucking crazy situation because supposedly there was a, a Zoom meeting, like you and I are doing now, with all of the Big Ten head coaches and the Big Ten commissioner, except for Harbaugh. He was not invited. And they're all like airing out their complaints against them, saying something's got to be done. You got to blah, blah, blah. So they fucking suspend him. And then the Michigan AD, Warren Manuel, is saying like, that's fucking bullshit. You've already said like, you don't know if you have evidence against them that will hold up in court. You don't know if you have like legitimate proof, but like they came out with a statement, like saying they felt like they had to do something because of like all the, the pushback from the other head coaches and all this shit. And it's like, now you're just setting a precedent where it's like, you can suspend anybody at any time, which that's a Michigan thing to say. Obviously they're guilty of some kind of cheating. Harbaugh's trying to say he had no idea. Not very likely when you're the head coach of a of a major football team like that, that you don't know every single aspect of what's going on. Yeah. But at the same time, all these guys are probably cheating to win. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? 
it feels like something that could could absolutely blow up to where it's like holy shit every fucking team in the country is cheating yeah. and the last like 10 national champions were doing some shady shit yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's like it's kind of like the baseball thing where you know where the astros were relaying signs or whatever and it and then it comes out to be found obviously they're doing it a lot worse than others but then it comes out to be found that a lot of teams were doing something somewhat similar It'll probably be like Michigan will get made an example of because they were doing it first or or more so than other places um, or in a more shady way. But then it'll come out to that. Yeah, this was pretty normal. Like a lot of teams were doing this. Just Michigan was doing it more. Yeah, I think what will happen is the suspension will be upheld. He'll have to sit these three games. A bunch of shit's going to come out in the offseason. And then they're going to say, hey, you know, it was just three regular season games. You got to coach practice still. Let's just call it good and just, like, forget this whole thing ever happened. And then everyone goes back to just business as usual. Yeah, but actually he's going to leave again for the NFL is what's I I think he will too. And I also could see, like, to see a a university file a grievance like that against the whole conference, a fucking restraining order. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if Michigan tries to pull a card where they're like, We'll go to the SEC. Yeah. Brought USC to the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. That's we'll go to the fucking SEC. We don't give a shit. Or yeah. and then it kind of forces Ohio State to say, well, we don't really want to be in the Big Ten with the rest of these teams. Yeah. Maybe it's a whole new conference pops up, you know. Yeah. So that would be kind of the extreme case, but there's like 10 teams in the country that could form their own conference and they don't need anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, that was talking. That was legal, legal corner with with the water cooler boys. Hell yeah, that was fucking fun. I'm all fired up right now. I love that for you. Till tomorrow, we'll cover some Monday night football. Coming away with some money as the Bills win and Josh Allen does what he does. Get that Don Kincaid touchdown. Put your yes, bets sir. in tonight. Get it locked and loaded. And until then, I'll just see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Rock to the rhythm, no moves to waste. Hit the spot with precision, no need for breaks. Ain't no plot when you're living, it's all first take. When you do get to choose, might as well be great. Rock to the rhythm, no moves to waste Hit the spot with precision, no need for breaks Ain't no plot when you're living, it's all first take When you do get to choose, might as well be great It's that get loose Family all around and you kick tunes Good smoke, good people Come through if you play by the same rules We've been known to ride the wave Kick back, bullshit, misbehave Started tripping on myself, so I had to get saved Stay in your lane if the way is paved there we go again, talking real heavy Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady If you wanna live it, place it in your mind Everything could change in just one night There we go again, talking real heavy Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady If you wanna live it, place it in your mind Everything could change in just one night